0: Hey guys, welcome to episode 265 of the podcast with my guest. I was so delighted that Jamila was able to do the podcast and uh, I think you'll really enjoy the episode. She's quite something Uh, and I mean that in a very positive way. I can see how that would be like the kind of thing someone says when they don't know how to say something nice about someone I'm realizing. (laughs) she's quite something uh she's wonderful um i want to encourage everybody to continue watching stand against evil of course we air back-to-back episodes and we only do eight so we are coming up on the end of the season and it's been doing great and i i know that has a lot to do with you guys uh supporting the show thank you so much um i tweet i live tweet every wednesday with the hashtag stand against evil and uh, i'll be doing that uh tonight but of course it's too late for you to do it with me because you will hear this episode at the very earliest on Thursday. Uh, I think that is it for now. We have announced our SF Sketchfest lineup. It's phenomenal. I'm so proud of my partners and our team of uh, intrepid workers who have been uh, toiling away at getting it ready. And I hope to see some of you uh, in January. There are a lot of great shows that are um, sort of, uh, you know, around the corner from this show. Um, and uh, and and lots to see i couldn't be umming and owing more uh and it's because i am completely brain dead because of sketch rest but in a good way so i will talk to you guys soon now entering nerdist.com I love that I immediately just offered you a sad coaster that has been broken into pieces and then glued back together clumsily at best. Uh, I apologize for that. Um, Wait, is that ghost? Mm-hmm. Oh, so sweet. Yeah, it's this guy Scott C who. Um, for those like pop culture nerds, there's this thing called uh, gallery 1988 and they really cultivate all of these artists who do this sort of like great kind of indie fan art for stuff. So we have Beetlejuice. These are coasters, but then he does like these sort of limited edition prints and stuff. And so that is the coaster. So you can see why I couldn't just like no, have that break let and let it go. go. I had no. to really work to glue it back together. No, I'm so glad you did because now I'm going to steal it. And it now, <laughs> you can, I uh, probably would piece. accept you stealing it, particularly if you just announce that you're going to steal it. That feels... I'm gangster like that. I mean, it's still stealing. I feel like stealing but usually... Gangster cano- stealing, yeah, yeah, it is. It's because yeah. it's just right in my face. <laughs> it's totally unapologetic. It's more like acquiring. Like, I think I might just acquire this from you without your permission. I believe it's called Thug Life it is i think it is called as you can tell from my accent it's something that i adopt clearly extremely thuggish Mm. have you had to do american accents for stuff or Mm -hmm. oh yeah i have had to do american accents Uh and i'm trying not to always
1: do like the valley girl because i know that really is offensive (laughs) for people like oh my god that was lit um but i'm trying to learn like you know for, for example i think um I'm not going to try and do them now, but yes, I've had to do American accents, and I just I die when I'm doing them because I'm so scared that I'm offending everyone because I know how horrific it is for me when people try and do English accents right at me. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> and so, don't do it. Don't, don't
0: do it. I won't. <laughs> I won't because I'm I'm I want to be really good at it, and I know that I'm not because it's nothing I ever practice, mm-hmm. and so I. But I, what I only want is to be talking to someone with an accent and then duplicate their accent perfectly, and then have them drop it and yeah. say like I how do you, what? And that won't happen. So I can't do it.
1: Kristen Bell, unbelievable, oh, authentic
0: yeah. like London accent. Yeah. Terrifying. Yeah, she I remember she was in something that I remember her being I remember her being British and oh. thinking, Oh she did a great job. She was like a God, what was it? It was something that was like uh it was like a period Oh thing I had two. So it was, yeah She's- terrifying yeah, she's tough. good <laughs> I have to kill her uh, we're gonna have to kill her we're i guess yeah. we're gonna and this is when we decide i guess i just agreed to, to yeah. do it yeah. i don't know yeah. how i wow god i'm so, really Isn't it great owning up to crimes before you've even done them yes it's, it's such a, a relief thing. the guilt is just absolved <laughs> all the, the guilt really just comes from the secrecy of it not the act <laughs> itself um yeah that's i won't ask you to do accents but i that's sort of a question that i had is that you know i think universally people, even people who are good at accents, if if there feels something that leans on an affectation that feels thicker or more pronounced in some Mm -hmm. way, then it's easier to sort of catch hold of versus something that um, is less affected and is just sort of more monotone like my accent feels very sort of like television newscaster to me oh. which is sort of not it's just but it's not as interesting as you know being from the south or being you know yeah but um, but to an outsider like do you sort of go oh well now I, I see why British people like it seems like they lean hard into like New York accents or you know mm-hmm. things that sort of they feel like they got like a real oh, quality that's like oh I can put my I can wrap my head around this this or is that... uh the, the larry david like oh, yes, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i uh i uh. had no friends till i was 19 and that's when i became good at accents was my teen years yeah didn't have anyone else to talk to so you i had to just... create other characters so we've got a, a indian person uh-huh. it is very close to my heart i name my characters uh, very very much uh and like Scottish, had like a Scottish character, and I used to genuinely like uh, keep myself entertained with these accents. Yeah, uh, just because I was so fucking lonely. And why? Were it, and what was going on that you just yeah, social were a f- leprosy? With? Actual social mm-hmm. leprosy. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I was someone who I did have like one friend, but I don't even know if I can call her a friend now. I look back because she's <laughs> only my friend on the weekend. Yeah, and we weekend friend wouldn't speak to me during the week at school because it was infectious that if you were seen talking to me yeah that i would that then no one would talk to you
0: and catchy. why did you what what was it about like was it, was it the way you, you drove was it a combination of things was it
1: it was many things uh i so i got a scholarship to a secondary school that was very fancy uh, when i was 11 years old and where and was, was this this was in central london central London, and it was a very fancy it's on harley street which is where all the plastic surgeons are and uh-huh. this is randomly the school where all the girls go out and get their tits done at lunchtime uh-huh. it's Great. bizarre um and so uh, everyone there was extremely rich and extremely beautiful because their parents were like a billionaire father with a supermodel mother and i was hugely overweight i had acne i had braces i had glasses were just fine but I had shit glasses because just had shit glasses because uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I was poor uh and I had no money and I was really inexperienced socially and uh and so I, I and I spoke with uh less of a less of a sort of English cut glass accent and so like I I think I just sort of didn't fit in instinctively Mm -hmm. with any of them i was also one of the only pakistani girls in the whole school yeah i was gonna ask
0: if if ethnicity came into it as well totally well you never know you know sometimes there are really diverse snobby schools
1: yeah 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 um let me know where they are (laughs) i've never heard of one um but it was just you know i had all the things going against me and i you know i hadn't grown up with any of the same experiences as these girls and you know i didn't drink i didn't smoke i didn't do drugs i uh I just wasn't cool. I've never been cool. That's yeah. never something that I've had. And thankfully, now as I've turned 30, being cool is no longer cool. Uh-huh. And the nerds right. have risen to That's the right. forefront. You're in and safe, now I'm in you're the in a army safe space. of nerds.
0: That's right. Uh, and I found my people. You found your people. Uh, but now, all that being said, mm-hmm. do, you, you do present now. You can present now. Mm hmm. Two people perhaps in mm-hmm. terms of how they take you in when they're mm-hmm. looking at you visually in a way that would suggest that you have always just been an extraordinarily beautiful tall oh. <laughs> girl yeah. so you so that that so the idea of you the, the ugly duckling turning into a swan is a sort of like trope that actually is b- It's based a boring in truth, story it's a
1: boring story but I'm um, you know I I became an English teacher at 19 and I was teaching English as a foreign language and you have to do and I, I was practically mute until then like I wasn't very socially comfortable I definitely wasn't comfortable with public speaking but in that situation you have to walk in you've got people sometimes from 15 16 different nationalities none of whom speak the same language as each other never mind as you yeah and via the art purely of mime you have to teach them how to say English words like basic English words yeah and so you know I had to sit in front of a room of like 17 Polish nuns and teach them why you shouldn't pronounce sitting as shitting Uh via the art (laughs) of mime and there's something about that that just it just ah, opens something up uh-huh. you. you're like you can never be embarrassed again yeah yeah
0: um what took you to what drew you to that position was it like just an opportunity for a job was it
1: no i got hit by a car when i was 17 and pulled out of school because i couldn't walk again for about a year and i didn't want to go back to a classroom after that yeah you know, I'd just been lying down for so long, watching television. I didn't I hated my school anyway, and the idea of then going in with younger girls just wasn't appealing to me. Well, I had sure. such a bad association with that. I had terrible anxiety by this point in my life. And so oh I just thought I'm gonna go and just do anything else and, and TEFL is a type of teaching English as a foreign language, um, is a thing that you can do without any qualifications. You just have to speak English well and be nice and be able to teach people. And I was 19 years old. They gave me a job. I had lied about my age and qualifications. Uh-huh. but That was 14 uh-huh. years ago, so you can't get me now.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love that. You, I love that all of this was.
1: Uh...
0: <laughs> I'm a sociopath. I love, that you, yeah. I love yeah. that you started this portion of the story with. It's a boring story. <laughs> yeah. It's a. Bo- yeah. It's everyone's story. You know how you get uh-huh. hit by a car and then you can't walk yeah. for a year and then you don't want to go back to school, so you start teaching English as a foreign language, having lied. A boring egg. story? It, no way is it a boring story. Oh, uh, uh, no, that would be. I think that's something that. I mean, this is the, the this is the point zero 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 one percent version of what I imagine you experienced. But um, I got sick so often when I was younger mm. that I would be out of school. It would be like strep again, and you'd be sick for a week, and they wouldn't want you to come in because you had you would, you would infect people. And I uh, I really it only would take like two days of being home for me to a be sure I never wanted to go back to school again, be developed like a really intense anxiety about just mm-hmm. not being there. And, but like also not wanting to be there, mm-hmm. but feeling like the buildup of like, Oh Catching no, up, at some point I'm going to have to go back mm-hmm. and I don't want to ever feel well again because I don't, it's, I had mm-hmm. such anxiety about going to school anyway. So I can only imagine being checked out for that long because school really is just a sort of rote thing that Mm -hmm. you just do day after day and everyone has anxiety after the summer break ends if you even go to a school where you have a summer break versus year-round school and you just it's so easy to fall out of the habit of Mm. the bullshit of school frankly yeah that i would feel exactly the same way i mean i can't imagine I would be like i don't belong there anymore that part of my life is over
1: you know? Yeah, I couldn't do it again. I really had a terrible time. I was bullied really badly at secondary school. And it's so funny because those girls now uh, like reach out to me on social of course media. They do. And you just can't of like, of course, you they do. Imagine who the fuck they think they are. Yeah. To to this. <laughs> fuck you. Like, obviously, I'm not bitter anymore. You know, clearly, clearly,
0: clearly, I've moved on. You know, I'm not bitter, not bitter. I but, feel but like you. you can have a good, uh, <laughs> healthy fuck you and still not feel bitterness. I think yeah. it could be a sociopathic fuck you <laughs> of like i feel nothing for you so fuck you yeah oh god it was so ridiculous oh, but um awful.
1: because i had no friends i watched television sort of i guess probably every waking hour during that time when i was in bed shit-faced on medicine what
0: and um what happened what happened with, when, with what, what happened to your body when you were hit destroyed by the car? my sacroiliac
1: which is uh the where the hip Joint kind of meets the bottom of the back. And so I had to have steroid injections all the time in my back, and I had to have physiotherapy. And um, I think I broke my arm uh quite badly and uh just generally i love it and i think i also like, have there was like so much that happened no, but that I, also I might have, have, have broken my arm. hypermobility like oh, so you, you really can do. see that so i'm like bending my elbow yeah, right now impressive. completely the wrong way yeah and it's really sexy and that um, what and that was a product of or that was no, I just you, already, always had you already you already yeah so i think that you could have really become a contortionist no 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 i think i'm sure i'm sure my family probably considered sending me to the chinese states Uh, because I can kiss my own ass I don't wonderful I don't know why I know that I can Uh Uh, and maybe we don't need the body is there for us to get to know Um, it, to experiment with it well no one else wanted to kiss my Uh (laughs) ass but I uh I guess that probably really messed me up because I was it sort of saved my life probably because I bent when I should have broken yeah but it also like sent me completely out of kilter and I've had like joint problems sure since but anyway uh my point And were you just walking across the street? I was running away from a bee that wasn't chasing me because my girl had a tremendous impact on my life. So, yeah, you're so disappointed in me.
0: I'm not at all. I feel like the same thing could have happened to me. I was so afraid of bees Mm -hmm. as a kid. Bloody move! I mean, everything I was afraid of, but I was so, no, don't worry about it. I was so, so afraid of bees. And I finally got stung by a bee when I was in my late 20s how was it it was it was really okay i've now been stung okay. by a bee twice oh god well the first time i got stung i got stung on the. i've told the oh. story before but i got stung on the neck and it was really close to my jugular and i guess that does kind of increase the 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 way that your body reacts to the venom because it quickly gets to your heart opposed to like if it's an extremity or something Christ. so i didn't feel good i mean i definitely felt very sick to my stomach and i felt it was definitely hurt um but uh if you remember the story, guys, from a previous podcast, feels like it's maybe been a while since I talked about it. The girls that I was staying with, it was down here. Um, they both came from like wonderful, like Santa Fe hippie families. Right. So they immediately knew what to do and they made a poultice of tobacco and honey sure. and just daubed it right on the sting. And I would say within five minutes, it, the swelling went down and I felt better and I was okay. And then I felt terrible for the bee. Because I realized, like, oh, she was, yeah, she just thought that, she was in my car, so she just clearly thought that the only option for her was to sting me, even though I was not endangering her hive in any way because we were in a car. Uh, And I wasn't driving, I I got into my car and immediately got stung but then I felt so bad that I went and found the bee lying on my car seat and like brought it up and inside and sat with it while it died. It was an emotional time for me. Oh my God. <laughs> You're weird. I love oh, it. for sure. So I felt terrible, which also like, <laughs> let me be clear. I've smashed a million spiders in my day. I don't know why oh, yeah, I yeah. cared I so much about the, the bee, but actually, earlier, just I mean, it's a spot. It's a real spider. Mm. This is a real, this is a critter country to be sure. Um, But yeah, something about like at some point in my life, even though I was still really afraid of being stung by them, it did get drilled into me that bees are special and bees don't want to sting you and they actually give up their lives and they have to, you know. And so there seemed some sort of terrible cosmic irony about all of that. And then I got stung once while I was shooting something and I had to continue shooting. So that was another like, just uh, like, okay, I guess I'm a tough, I'm a tough because this is fucking hurts so bad, but I've got to keep working. Oh, 100%. (laughs) Yeah, I am. Not to
1: diminish your story at all. Please, I don't know worst, that it could the deserve worst,
0: anything more than being diminished. The
1: baddest motherfucker I've ever felt like I was. And you can find this video on YouTube. It's called, I think, like, Presenter Flirting Fail. Um, <laughs> okay. And it's a video of me a having an argument with an English pop star that then turns into us chasing each other, trying to paint each other. Oh. And uh, I fall over... I trip over on a plastic bag and I fly into the air and I break my fall with my face. (laughs) (laughs) which it turns out isn't the right way to do it you should use your hands kids oh Um, no uh, yeah no it was was unbelievable I did actually put my arm out and you'll see that and then my arm because obviously it bends the wrong way just caved and broke my elbow (laughs) broke and uh then I went smash like face first I lost my front tooth I got a concussion and then I had to keep filming I used eyelash glue to stick my tooth back in. No, you did not. I did. I did.
0: Because it you hadn't, fucking the whole
1: me? thing hadn't come out of the gun. I got stung no. by a bee. No, 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 no. Oh, God. Holy I would have sh- been such a baby about that. Shit. Uh, but yeah. I, when did it, this happen? I also had concussions. So I think that helped me make that decision. Like, yeah. what an idiot. Like, yeah. They, I had to sign a release form in the ambulance that said, like, I'm if I die, it's my fault because I'm choosing to get out of the ambulance with a concussion. And I uh, finished filming like an idiot.
0: And what, so you were, so you were, were you, what, what was the, you said presenter and yeah, pop star. So, okay, so after the English
1: teaching, I, uh, I heard about an open call for a, a job on television hosting a big tv show and i'd met a producer in a pub who told me that he thought i was funny and that i should uh, apply for this job i'd never heard of anything in tv i never wanted to be in tv but he did tell me it was a thousand pounds a day uh-huh. and i was like 22 and i'd never even heard of that kind of money yeah uh, and you know it was that pimp money that's, that's yeah. the money a big pimping you know uh-huh. and that's uh, something i've always strived towards uh-huh. um, listen you're, you're gonna get there um and uh and so I went for the audition and I got the job. And again, I think the English teaching, like, just took away my inhibitions. Yeah. And, and I think also the car accident made me not really take things as seriously as I used to when I was a teenager. Boy, I was that like, makes sense. So hard on myself as a teenager. My God, I hated myself so much. Like, I read, I read back journals a couple of years ago from just how, how much self-loathing there was as to how I looked and how I was and how uncool I was and how I would never be loved and no one ever wanted to kiss me no one did kiss me until I was 21 years old and so I just was full of insecurity and I think the car accident knocked a bit of sense and perspective into me if if, if anything like I've said this before that I think all children should be hit by cars Uh lightly lightly there should never god forbid there should ever be any like uh-huh. lasting damage but i think we should all be like at least like sort of grazed by a car uh-huh. um if i were prime minister i would mm-hmm. i would um start that, that was be, my be first law yeah. very quickly because it does ground you as a human you don't think take things as so seriously uh especially not within this like very silly business that we're in like you know if you can piss on your own then everything else is cake right And uh, that is the title of my book.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Please run on that platform in tandem with children should be hit by cars. Yeah. Um, But I then
1: became a TV presenter after that. And I've been doing that for eight years. And that's how I ended up on TV, uh, losing my front tooth uh and concussion getting a concussion okay so what was the actual
0: environment in which you were painting some we were 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 painting each other
1: we were rebuilding like a a children's day center i guess it would be like a sort of recreational center for children who don't have any money and so we were painting it up and the show was like a kind of charity show Mm -hmm. where you get a celebrity to come and like you know help build up this thing with the kids Mm -hmm. it's a community sort of vibe and uh him and i were just fighting because we were on opposing teams and uh, when I fell, my skirt flew completely over my head. And when you see the playback, and if you do ever look at this online, because it's such an a- amazing video, um, <laughs> you'll see that they use my asshole as advertising space, and they cover <laughs> they cover my ass with like a logo for the for
0: the bloody show. <laughs> Which is so bizarre. Insolent. This is like an ultra-violent Bridget Jones's Diary oh, it's moment. So awful. So exa- ultra-violent. Exactly like it was. for her, it yeah. would just be like, and I fell into some mud. Yeah, <laughs> and I was so embarrassed. Yeah. And then yeah. for you, it was like, no, this is the shit yeah, that really yeah. happens. Yeah. You, your tooth comes out. Yeah. Your tooth comes out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I can't believe you used eyelash glue. That is dare I say, Stupid. pure grit. Thank no, baby, you, that is, that's that's <laughs> but pure grit. That is like, because I, my, with my anxiety disorder, like I can't even see someone else with something wrong with them without sort of feeling like it's happening to me. Oh, you So yeah, I mean, I would love not to be. I mean, I wouldn't, like I've gotten other people through things, but I don't think I've been great at it. And I think that it's been, I've been holding on by a thread. And certainly the idea of, like a tooth breaking and then me still having the disgusting it's just very um that's hard <laughs> that's hard. it must have been so i mean it well you fine. had a question fine. you said so you no, just sort of also, were like i'm just gonna put it back in i'm not gonna th- think about what this looks like this gaping hole where a tooth is usually mm-hmm. you just don't think about it you just no, get but you also just
1: it. you've i think I think if you've ever had like an accident happen to you that was really quite serious or something really scary happened your adrenaline takes over no, and you become right. a superhuman version of yourself yeah you know with all the problems that i had after the car accident i got up and walked off the the, the scene yeah. by myself i walked home walked up two flights of stairs because i was in shock <sighs> yeah and then I suddenly went to sleep in the middle of the day and woke up and I couldn't really walk
0: anymore. Oh Jesus! Um, oh yeah. my God! So you so. you walked home with broken with broken fully broken bones. broken back stuff. Yeah,
1: <sighs> damaged damaged back stuff like broken arm uh just bizarre but uh, feeling great feeling yeah. the best i've ever felt like i was actually like i was uh, i think smug about it and i was like i was like no 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 i'm fine are you okay are yeah. you okay yeah. the car and i was like i feel great i feel amazing i'm feel, i'm gonna run i'm gonna run look i'm gonna do some press ups you want me to do some push ups uh, uh i've never yeah. felt better yeah i still
0: long for that feeling I, um i've had a couple of not great bike accidents where i i definitely have certainly and i've had plenty that have been bad but like not Right. really bad yeah. um i've never had a bike accident where like i've you know broken a leg or something like that is this motorbike or bicycle. no just bicycle right. um but but i definitely do the same thing where like and part of it for me is if i can spring right up then for sure nothing's wrong with me which is not a guarantee no, at no, all a stupid thing to but do. It's a fe- but it's a feeling yeah. of like the faster i can get up the more i'll know i'm not hurt yeah and then just continue on like same thing like i rode my bike down a hill to a hospital when like I had absolutely no business getting back on a bike but it was just like well how else am I going to get there
1: this is my logic it's insane I know someone who got really drunk and fell off the top of a tree that he had climbed because he was drunk uh, and broke his neck in three places didn't realize walked into accident and emergency and his they had to, yeah he, I mean he would have severed how his remarkable. spinal cord like if he had not like moved in any wrong way or yeah. like jerked yeah he, yeah. Oh, he my walked into the hospital Lord. it's unbelievable
0: Anyway, yeah. So for you, when that right. tooth came out, you were like, "This is old news. It's fine." I've I been told you. through so much worse thug than this.
1: I adopt Thug Life. Yeah. Uh, also, it was a dumb thing to do and really embarrassing and went viral. Uh, so that was awful. Um, oh God. But I, I, yeah, I carried on that job for about another year after that. Then I started doing live radio because I didn't have to wear makeup or have a thigh gap, mm-hmm, uh, which was mm-hmm. exciting. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and then because they're really critical of like women's weight in England, like really. Yeah, worse, worse, I guess, than here because
0: tabloids are we're, so much more pervasive and pernicious in the UK in a way that I don't down. envy. Yeah, I yeah. really appreciate that. I feel like I can very comfortably skirt all tabloids. Like mm-hmm. I don't have to look at them at the grocery store and I just don't feel like I went a very long time without knowing what a Kardashian mm-hmm. looked like mm-hmm. a very long time. Well, I still couldn't to, tell you everyone anyone... looks like a Kardashian. Well, that's so. true. <laughs> yeah. Especially the girls at lunch who are popping over to the plastic surgeon, surgeon to get their boobs oh, done. God, near the near the your contouring. School. What's happening with the contouring? I don't know, but it is really turning everyone into there's, there's such an interesting, it really, it, it feels right uh, that you now end up looking older than you are most times because we associate that look with age like like when you see a specific look now you're like oh that person must be ancient because they've done that to their face and it could be that they're 70 and it could be that they're 30
1: it's it's a funny one it feels a bit like and I don't mean this in a judgmental way because like God knows I've definitely been guilty of wearing far too much makeup, uh, in my life. But it feels nowadays like, especially with the highlighting and the contouring, like people are doing it for Instagram. They'd rather look good because you look great on Instagram when you do your makeup like that, but you look insane uh-huh. sometimes in real life. <laughs> right. Uh, and. Oh, you're just talking, talking about don't... makeup.
0: I was talking about like full fillers, like actual oh, right. plastic surgery Oh gosh. And stuff. Yeah. I
1: mean, that's a whole new thing yeah. that I'm learning about, but, um but it just feels like people are just doing everything for the gram yeah everything is like they don't mind how they look in real life as long as to millions of strangers they look perfect raising an airbrush it's very
0: strange but (laughs) i'm here for it Uh 100% (laughs) here for it Um, we got to get some of that serious god drawing on you i would go with just like a charcoal smudge stick yeah. Let's just go straight black and white. I might just do a shit and Let's then just ju- smear <laughs> it uh. across <laughs> my face. Uh, yeah, and we're embracing yeah, it, the organic side of it, yeah, yeah. the organic Tentimate. side of the possibilities. Um, but yeah. So what did you, what when you were staying home and watching television, what mm-hmm. were you, uh, was there a specific genre that you sort comedy. of... Comedy. Yeah.
1: Comedy. This is why I find comedy to be a really noble profession that I feel very touched about being in now because... I uh, I think it saves lives. It keeps people company in their darkest hours. Takes people's mind off things. You know, um, even at our show, uh, people have been so many people tell me or tweet me or come up to me in the street and say that you know, with everything that's going on in the current climate, they watch our show last thing before bed because there's something warm and fuzzy and distracting about it. Yeah, um, I watch a lot of Friends, a lot of uh, Cheers, Frasier, like all American comedy. I probably learned how to act from watching. 24 hours a day of just constant comedy and i also watched a lot of self-help programs and i think that genuinely changed me like yeah. a lot of maury dr phil Oprah, oh okay
0: that kind yeah, of yeah yeah not,
1: not that they are self-help it's more like you know reality tv yeah trash sometimes um but i i loved all of those programs jerry springer bring it on
0: uh-huh.
1: um <laughs> and i feel like those shows made me everything that i am today i think that was the most formative year of my life and yeah. it was everything i learned from television i'm almost like an alien who just like learned humans yeah
0: from from listen that. i know it worked for daryl hannah in splash all yeah, she had to do I was spend a couple hours in front of those televisions oh, i t- i do recommend that movie oh, well, I, I would love definitely to watch it, recommend yeah. go it watch that today do you have siblings uh, i have a brother how yeah. was all of that let me make it about him how was all of that for him to go through
1: Um, he was, I think he was away in Spain. He was at school in Spain
0: for a long time. He's he's older than you. He's older than me. like 10 years older than me. Uh, Oh, wow. Um, Okay. So in a lot of ways, So you get into the, I'm kind of an only child by that point.
1: Uh, Yeah, I guess um, I was about six or seven when he went away to Spain to live with my grandmother and go to school there. Uh, I think he'd had a a bit of a rubbish time at school as well. He'd been bullied. It was, you know, like, ah, there's a racial tension between uh caucasian and african-american people here but that racial tension exists between caucasian people and uh people from muslim backgrounds right, right. in the united kingdom yeah. and you get called a packy which is right. a very bad slur right. uh, in England. And we were openly called that and bullied for being that. And we are the most ridiculed people in the United Kingdom. Uh, we're 100% at the bottom of the food chain. And then all of this ISIS shit has only made right. that 100% worse and right. therefore justified that inherent racism that existed long before people were afraid of us. They looked down upon us, right. even though they love our food mm-hmm.
0: um, <laughs> uh, and our tea. One of the most wonderful things about... yeah. But um, he had a bad
1: time, so he went away to school. So I think I did, you know, I did spend a lot of my time just. Vi- I learned everything from film and and TV up until up until he'd left. He was very good for me. Mm-hmm. You know, he was one of my only friends. But great. Right. Right. And how did you end up here again? Uh, I moved here three years ago because I was cold, uh-huh. I was very cold. Fair. Um, I had Fair. vitamin D deficiency, and uh, also. I felt very pigeonholed. Um, I'm sure that you must have frustrations as a woman in this business. And like especially in the last two months, I've learned so many horrors of being a woman in the American media industry, but in England, like you have a very, very short lifespan as a, as a, anything within media whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And you are pigeonholed you, uh, into like, you're either a comedian or you are a host or you are an actress or you are this or that and the other. Yeah. And if you're over 30, then you may as well kill yourself. Uh, And if you, um, there aren't loads of opportunities for people from varying backgrounds, it's getting better, but very, very slowly. Uh, At one point I got asked to host Black History Month and I'm a hundred percent not black. Um, which shows how, like, you know, (laughs) yeah, I'm small though.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny, this is all, this is all, uh, very interesting to me too, because I... it's it must be a grass is always greener situation which that's not fair because i don't watch bbc shows and think Mm -hmm. this is the answer but for a long time i have felt like within this tiny pool of of programming that's made from this tiny pool of people Mm -hmm. that they seemed to do a, a better job of sort of just like Having more diversity in roles and stuff, and you not and English not. Have, do. I honestly did. I honestly wow. was like, God. I feel like I've seen more interracial couples than I was like earlier than I saw mm. in the states. I feel like somebody is, you know, a a DA, and there's it's not it, it doesn't there it doesn't matter what color they are. Like it doesn't be mm. it's not about that. It's not like this is a a part of the story that we're telling more than this kind of self-conscious it seems less self-conscious to me than American television but also it's that's a that's something I don't know the way I know the way this side of the business works so I might just totally be putting on rose-colored glasses because it's totally. like I need to have a
1: Hollywood somewhere yeah totally I mean look I, I, d- I don't want to like shit on the British industry because I think we create amazing things and there's a lot of truth in in british art more so than some other countries um around the world including like bollywood or anywhere else you know we are inclusive to a degree but it sort of keeps swinging and roundabouts you'll either have like a very brave avant-garde like multicultural project but a lot of the projects even as you see here that make it across the pond they are all coming out as period pieces and back in you know 1800 1900 if you want to get a part in one of those shows you have to be willing to only be allowed to play a slave or a servant yeah and so you know I think that definitely Sandy Newton's spoken out about this quite a lot about why mm-hmm. she works in America because she finds that there are so few roles for her out there mm mm-hmm. And it was just something I like I came here on a holiday and I turned on the TV and there were women who were hosting and being comedians and they were multiple, like different shapes and sizes and mm-hmm, heights and mm-hmm. there were women hosting Good Morning America in their fifties and they had fun and certainly. You know, and it just felt Oh, especially
0: like, in hosting, I would agree with you there. I mean I think you see so I see diversity. a lot of really exciting you know like for example on netflix happy valley that's mm-hmm. a that's a person who comes up in conversation among women actresses that i know because they're like god she's just so good and she's the she's the lead character mm-hmm. and she's got a sexuality but she's not skinny and she's not young and she's broken and she's fascinating mm-hmm. and like people really lean into that with the sort of like and so there are there I think that does get idealized a little bit of like god they don't throw away their their British actresses but then when I think about it I do feel like I just always see the same people over and over Mm -hmm. and over like oh this person will go from that series to that series yeah and I and and there are very few faces that I'm like oh I've never seen him before or her before it's a small country so it's a
1: small business it's small industry and I just kind of wanted to break out of it I think I wanted to be a comedy writer or something just something within comedy because I've had such a sort of passion and probably like a feeling of I'd like to pay back to comedy what it gave me because it was my friend. It was my only friend when I was younger. Yeah. And so um, I moved here. I uh, wrote a pilot. I The pilot got me signed by Three Arts. And then they told me about the audition for The Good Place. And I went in and auditioned. And I'd never auditioned for an acting thing before. And uh, by some crazy twist of fate, because Mike show is a psycho, uh, he gave me the job. And uh, uh-huh. so... <laughs> I'm exercising like extreme beginner's luck. um, (laughs) No, but I think part of it is up to date.
0: But I do think that part of it is the the sort of groundedness that you talk about when you talk about sort of like where where does how does anxiety present itself and how hard are you like wanting something. Versus the experiences that you had with your own health, your body, your safety, Mm -hmm. your wellness, living and not dying—those sorts of things—and having that, bringing that perspective in to a place where sometimes it is really easy to get so tunnel vision that Mm. people go into an audition room and it—you can smell. I mean, Mm it's a cliche, but I think it really exists. Came back from audition. You can smell how bad someone wants it, Mm -hmm. and that's a turnoff to people. Yeah. And so if you're going in and you're just like a little more take it or leave it about it and you know, co- like confident and in, in your skin, like, but also I'm not like... I'm sorry I'm here. Like yeah. that's
1: what my uh, entire... I was like, I hope I'm not wasting your time.
0: I did a lot of that when I started too. There was a <laughs> lot of like, or someone else, like just constantly yeah. sort of shitting on the idea of it. But
1: you must be English secretly.
0: See, see I always thought maybe I was Canadian secretly, which is sort of adjacent. Yes, I see this. Maybe a little bit closer yeah, yeah. than yeah. Well, it's so did.
1: funny because you carry yourself as if you would be uh, an unconfident, no, like slightly more intellectual person you know what i mean um and yet you look like you're probably heidi Klum's sister but that is what i'm saying people
0: say about what think about you is this Uh. like people can't believe that you could have a sense of humor about yourself and just be a dork and be stunning um and i but that is that is something that like i i recognize in other people this idea of like there's something that uh, the, the, you can instantly tell that there's something else going on inside. Like there isn't, it's just not yeah. the sur- on the surface.
1: I also have really low, uh, I like a, I probably like quite a low opinion of the way that I look. Cause I'm quite scarred from having like girls write ugly bitch in foundation across my locker at school. Like I think, I can't see I can see photographs of myself and be like oh that's a nice photo but nice I also, contouring like, just yeah I can justify that with like Well <laughs> oh, was nice lighting and like a talented makeup artist and stuff and so I can post like those photographs on Instagram and feel okay about it because I feel like it was a group effort yeah but if I look in the mirror I barely look in the mirror my boyfriend comments on this that so I, I almost look down before I have and like take a breath before I can look up because I'm so unconfident about the way that I appear because I can I will forever see that um that teenager that like really lonely um abnormal teenager staring back at me do you
0: feel and so when you feel that and see it do you feel a sense of of empathy and sort of tenderness for that girl or do you or or is it really sort of just like a like a cringing
1: no i just feel empathy and also i i like her because i like me now and so, not everyone likes me, trust me. Uh, but um I like me. And I think that's the most important thing for me. And I wouldn't be me if I hadn't been her. Yeah. And she's still with me everywhere. And actually, every time I get like these little moments of like, you know, there's a moment I got to dance with Ted Danson on set, like slow dance. Uh, as if we were sort of ginger rogers and fred astaire uh and we get to like dance together in the middle of universal studios and there were fairy lights everywhere and they were playing that king cole and the whole time all i could think about was that 14 year old girl and i was like this is for you I, you better be enjoying this because this isn't going to last forever but this one's for you
0: or you know could not relate more could mm. not relate more. Everything's and I her. want and and that's so important to hold on to too. I mean, mm. I think that's the best part about when those moments happen for us being if we if if you choose to be the person and this goes for anybody at any point in your life, whatever, you know, if you have The good fortune to get to a place where you can, you know, there's, you're doing any one thing that doesn't mean that you have to be famous. Like if you're a person who, you know, wanted to paint in your spare time and Mm -hmm. never thought you'd be good and you're able to do that and feel good about it. That's just as important to be able to, you know, call back to that kid and go, see, like, oh my God, this is, we did, we did it. We did okay. And you were, and you were a huge part of that, like unfortunate time (laughs) in life, you know? Yeah i couldn't agree more i think that's and and i never i hope i never lose that because no you must never you must you know actively I mean? try
1: to hold on to it i see Absolutely. so many people who've lost that and it's like we were all just like awkward children at some point and they've forgotten that and they feel they behaved as if they're so entitled to everything and like yeah this should happen in fact i want more and i feel so sad when i see those people because yeah. they don't get to see the wonder of like what our lives could be like what most of the people in the world live like yeah you know in like literally in third world conditions and we're here and we're doing something that we enjoy that we love that is so it's not easy necessarily you know because you're bringing something to the table but it's a fuckload easier than anything else i've ever heard of yeah, you know we're not saving lives yeah physically and so I think that I, f- I find it really sad when people don't like enjoy every single moment of this and I've been doing this for 10 years now I've been in this business and it hasn't gone yet because I constantly keep her with me I put yeah. her in my bag and I keep her with me all the time same if you've just started listening to this podcast you'll think I'm talking about a <laughs> kidnap no. uh, or a dog a um, tiny yeah.
0: adorable dog a small child
1: uh, uh-huh. that I take everyone with me
0: for in your yeah. bag but
1: Don't yeah I, I, there are so many of those little moments where i'm just like i can't bloody believe what's happening yeah even it's like this sounds so disgusting but even waking up next to my boyfriend who uh is exactly the type of boy that i fancied so much when i was at secondary school and i never dated anyone like him throughout my life until now but he looks exactly like obviously he is not a teenager just to be clear <laughs> He doesn't look exactly like... He looks like an older version. When he gets his driver's license. He is going to yeah. be... He looks like an older version uh-huh. of uh, of exactly the boys that I was too scared to talk to at parties. Mm-hmm. Describe, kind of, please. Uh, tall, very English-looking, skinny, uh, that sort of like still has a moppy sort of haircut. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and like a baby face. And mm-hmm. he has a really clean cut at the back.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, and
1: like, is, yeah, and he's just got quite a, an adorable... And he is English. He's English, Yeah. yeah and uh he's the he's the kind of boy that would never have spoken to me at a party or um you know i used to hold coats for the pretty girls at, at like parties and, Oh, for god's sake yeah Shall i tell you a what really sad story from school how does that even happen like you just
0: end up please yeah okay. it, does it involve coats uh no it's worse okay uh, but then quickly, make tell, you quickly tell me how you end up being the person that becomes the <laughs> coat check girl because um, that's also <laughs> deliciously sad
1: well uh basically I'd be standing at the sort of like right by the door afraid to walk in and someone beautiful and rich would walk in and hand me a coat <laughs> and then because I was the such a, a loser I help. would be like this is my job I have this is I've been given a job I'm gonna do my job and that way that would be totally basically my it. excuse as to like not have to partake in the party it's like Absolutely. I've got a thing that I do and this is how everyone will talk to me because I'm holding their coats. Absolutely, and I would like set up a coat check at a house party Uh, by myself like someone once tipped me it was was just so embarrassing oh my god I've not ever told this story on anything that involved a microphone before but I'll tell you one of the like deep traumatic moments of school if you want to
0: hear it I I do I I I feel I'm going to be able to relate on at least some so upsetting
1: um so um I this is just like from a bullying point of view so I got invited to uh I'd never in my first two years at school no one had ever invited me to one of their birthday parties and suddenly the most popular two girls at school were having a bat mitzvah so Jewish I think you turned 13 um and they were having a joint one two of the richest like hottest girls at school and uh they invited me and I couldn't bloody believe it I was so excited I went shopping for it It with my mum and we got the most disgusting outfit I don't know how she let me dress like that but it was like it's probably my fault but it was like a red crochet crop top and I did not have the figure for a crop top (laughs) and like tight leather pleather plastic leather Uh crocodile skin brown flares uh where you can see all of the camel toe just Uh all of I I didn't even know what that was at that time Uh (laughs) but now I look back and I remember what that was um and oh. I was on crutches at the time because I used to always fall over and so I was constantly on crutches I'm known as school as like the girl who was always on crutches oh, God. and so I turned up on crutches I'd done my hair in like 14 different plaits because I thought that would look incredibly cool I now realize that's cornrows and probably uh-huh. some sort of cultural uh <laughs> accidental reappropriate reappropriation oh, But um, I go to the party. I'm so excited. I cannot believe I've been invited to the biggest party of the year. And uh, they are so excited when they see me. And they're like, oh, my God, Jamila, you look amazing. And I was thinking, I do look amazing. Oh, God, Um, help me, guys, help me. And everyone's, like, wearing little black dresses and chokers. And they all look like Spice Girls. And I look like, uh, I mean if hell was an outfit <laughs> um and so i uh walk I, you know i'm hobbling on the crutches and they're like come to the dance floor with us come dance with us And i'm like oh my god they want me to dance and so i'm like hobbling on i was like you know i'm on crutches they're like it's cool they look cool and i was like oh so i you know i hobble onto the dance floor with the crutches and i'm kind of trying to dance while on crutches and um they take away my crutches They just grab my crutches and take them away off my arms. And I uh, can't stay standing because I've got like a, (sighs) I don't know, broken leg or something. And um, so I fall over and everyone stands in like a circle around me, like laughing and pointing at me. me. And uh, it took like three adults to get me up because I was a biggin. I was a little bit of a biggin and uh, to be carried out of the party. And that's why they'd invited me there to humiliate me. It was like something out of an
0: American. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, like, movie. short of dumping pig's blood on you, like, uh, yeah. Carrie, so, the Stephen King thing. It's a book. I don't know why yeah. I couldn't use the word. Uh I don't even because think I also told my mom at the time, like, what I was f- just
1: so mortified. I stayed there and I wouldn't let them call my mom. And I just wanted her to think that I'd had a good time at the party. Um,
0: so you just stayed outside mm-hmm. because you didn't,
1: oh, on my own. Darling. Yeah, it's bad. It was bad. But again, it's I I'm such a.
0: am surprised I don't punch people more often because <laughs> I get so angry when I hear stuff totally. like that. It, it really makes me want to hit someone in the face. And it sounds like it would feel so good to me. It and is. we're talking about 13 year old go- girls and yeah. that doesn't stop me at all. I'm like, I would totally punch. I'm a still year old afraid of them. Things.
1: Like I see yeah. 13 year olds all the time and I like wince, like they are my phobia. It's like bees and 13 year old girls. <laughs> 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 Understood. <laughs> and like nuclear Understood. missiles. Like those are my three big, yeah. big fears. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess the good thing is that it gave me. You can either go one way or the other with that situation. You can either be like, "Fuck everyone," and I'm gonna be the best, and I'm gonna kill you all. <laughs> or, uh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna shit on other people because someone shot on me, sure, and I'm sure. gonna exert my power over them because sure. I was powerless. Or you can develop like deep, deep empathy, and you can never ever want someone to feel left out or bad about themselves, and you can always like. You know, try to make people feel comfortable because you know exactly what it feels like not to be comfortable. I'm glad I went that way. Yeah. Um, I developed kind of excessive empathy. And, uh, and also meant that then when I became older and I did lose weight and I, my skin cleared up and I became a a TV host and a model and, and an actress and all these different things where people are lying to your face all day, just telling you, oh my God, you're a princess, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, to your face, like looking you in the eye, telling you you're a princess. Uh, I was able to always just not believe that and not buy into it and not think it was important because of these just shitty years.
0: Yeah. That i'd had. yeah i always wondered i like i so many times particularly in fourth fifth sixth seventh and eighth mm. more than high school but even a little bit in high school i just um i couldn't like i was like how do you get to i don't want to be but what are the conversations like and what precipitates the the thing where someone's like we're going to not talk to her for mm-hmm. as long as we want to not talk to her just to not talk, because I would have that happen where all of a sudden all the girls would have decided to stop talking to me and no one would make eye contact me and they would just like look at each other and smirk mm-hmm. and I never was in on you know what I mean like what would yeah. that have been like to be in on it and and how that sort of mob mentality develops because there were girls who were nice normally mm-hmm. like how did they they got them Yeah, Like, what is that conversation like that that person who like your weekend friend girl Mm -hmm. was like clearly liked you enough to want to be around you at times, but was still enough in the fold that she would, you know, conform to, well, I'm not going to make myself a social pariah by talking to you like that, that. I was always really interested in that sort of the tipping point in between people, not the people who are running the show Mm -hmm. and making sure that people are being treated like shit. But the people in the middle who are like so close to almost standing up for you and then they don't.
1: It's teenage survival of the fittest. It's like watching a nature documentary. In fact, that's the most brilliant thing that uh, one of the many brilliant moments of Tina Fey's Mean Girls is when suddenly the oh, scene so turns good. into the wild and, the, and they become the wild, animals. M- wild, mad yeah. animals. But that's yeah. what it is like. It is like that. They have the kind of like pack mentality and they, they pick the strongest ones. And as soon as they smell a weakness in you, they distance themselves from you and choose you as the one they're going to kill for your meat. <laughs> you know? And so it's, it's a real obstacle course to navigate. I think girls' schools are just a horrible idea I think it should yeah. be mixed and not that there isn't bullying it's so weird. And well, that's Boys the thing bullying, is- and now there's like revenge sexting and like, Ugh, whatever, right. like revenge porn and all this right. crazy, <laughs> crazy nonsense that yeah. kids are getting up to. But
0: but see, I talked to, that's what I always, I went to public school and I always, in my mind thought that all girls schools must be the absolute worst because I had mm-hmm. like the, like things that got me through those times were my guy friends who were like nice yeah. to me and didn't feel, thought, thought that was weird and would never have done something like that to me. Um, but then I've talked to girls on the podcast, like as I find out more about what teenagerhood is like for other people who were like, Oh, I went to public school and it was awful because the girls were only terrible because there were boys around. And when I went to private school, my in high school everyone got along and everyone wore the same thing and there just wasn't that. And then mm. I've talked to girls who are like, oh yeah, that's it's exactly what you God, were afraid of. Just, like, I think it just depends. It really depends.
1: It depends on what you look like. It depends on your genetic makeup. It depends on how you were raised. Like there's so many things. And where can... in
0: the country or in totally. what country you live.
1: you can have. It just depends on your specific vulnerability. But I don't know a lot of people who were just absolutely fine and had the best time at, at high school yeah, Who me neither. Who who then... This sounds such a I mean, I'm probably wrong when I say this, but I have not yet met people who had a great time in school, um, who then have gone on to like develop a load of character or empathy. I'm sure those people do exist. But I also haven't met that many people who just had a great time during school. I think we all realize more than each other, like how crappy a time it was.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I would say that the people I mean, there are definitely people I've had on the podcast who are incredibly sweet and just kind Mm. good-natured people who didn't bully anybody but also you know didn't have those kinds of experiences right, and really yeah. say like i can't complain you know i had a wonderful childhood i had a wonderful time then i'm so in right. high school yeah. but um but I would say that more, and 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 I and I'm delighted that the, that that exists as well. Because That's what like, I want for my you know, children. Exactly. Yeah, like you yeah. want to be able to be to develop into a wonderful person and be empathetic and not have had that happen to mm-hmm. you. Um, but 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 no, I agree. I think I think most of the time, even people who didn't can't point to any one thing that was terrible, were still like I just you know just feeling out of place and just feeling mm-hmm. like. It seems like some like so many other people have the answer to something, whether they're just fronting or not. You don't know at the time that you feel like they've figured something out. Everyone feels like someone's figured something out before them. Mm -hmm. And they're just kind of on the outside going, when do I get to feel like that?
1: Do you find here that not just here, like in this business, that that like teenage girl pack mentality crops up again and again, even as an adult. Yeah. uh uh-huh.
0: That's I, why I wanted I this podcast to be about what it is. Oh, right. That's so funny. <laughs> Cause I was like, I was, when I, I mean, these guys know, but like when I moved here and was doing this, I was like, I've not felt like this since high school. I have not felt there. I'm having feelings about my body and about my face and about my talent or about my intelligence, about where I belong, about social, social constructs yeah. that I have not, Thought, thought, I mean, I've just not thought about since I was in high school because I had this whole life in my 20s of living in San Francisco, working, you know, in mm-hmm. a city where like, you know, it, it's, certainly it's changed a lot, but it just is not that. And um, and it was what I was avoiding coming down here. And so I really did feel like... Mm-hmm. And that was the thing that I what that I was like... I, it was very female forward because I was like, I don't feel that way. And I don't want to feel that way about girls that I'm auditioning opposite. Like, I don't want mm. to feel... Like there's like, they're my competition or that, you know, someone's better or worse than me or anything like that. I just want us to support each other, you know, yeah.
1: it just means that there's other jobs like. The right person for the job is going to get the job. there's no yeah. point ripping each other apart, like we should be pushing each other forward. The more of us there are, the better it is, yeah, like trying to only be the only one like you see it with female rappers like and it's men who I think must have orchestrated the idea that there can only be one There's like millions of male rappers, a lot of whom are similar to each other yeah. um and then you've got like there's only, there can only be one female rapper, and if another one crops up, they have to rip each other apart and it's like the you know the strongest one wins, the one who can tear them down i mean I did hear. azalea banks called uh iggy azalea igloo australia which i thought was actually really funny and creative but (laughs) it was a sign of like come on girls yeah yeah can't we all be in this together can't we can't you rap on a song together yeah you know can't we turn this into some sort of community rather than like one queen and then just millions of men around that one queen bee yeah Um, it's very strange especially Um, if you're afraid of bees yeah god um but i yeah my first job was really stressful on television because there were two female presenters who were just so unpleasant to me and i worked with them for bloody years and they were again i wasn't cool you know i still didn't drink still didn't smoke still didn't do drugs didn't i just don't look good in leather jackets i think that bothered them (laughs) i just i was a swimmer uh, when i was younger i have extremely broad uh, shoulders uh and so i can't i can't wear leather mm-hmm. uh, it's just who i am i've tried uh, believe me i have tried so your uh, number one downfall you know so i just like i don't look like something out of a surge like instagram fan account uh <laughs> and so like they would just they'd just roll their eyes every time i would speak or try and join the conversation used to like arrange social plans right in front of me when there'd be five hosts there talking about it and then not invite me and i was like i'm 23 yeah how do i still feel why do Uh, i feel bad about myself they should feel bad they're being they're mean people Uh but uh it was just you know even the boys were were quite unkind um and i just thought i just you just wonder like what is it what's wrong with us what what are people why don't we care about each other why don't we know what kind of damage we do that's the biggest thing i i like you know sometimes i go into schools and i talk to the kids and one of the biggest things i like to talk about is like be very careful about what you do here because it's going to make marks on other people that will exist sometimes forever yeah we're so unaware and i don't understand why that isn't impressed upon us more when we're Mm -hmm. children they know that kids bully each other yeah this is in school. It should start not just be nice to each other. Explain why you should be nice to right. each other. Right. Otherwise, you will grow up and you will be, you know, someone terrifying or someone who hurts other people or someone who's very damaged and sad and depressed. Yeah. They should teach these things to kids. This is what I will teach my children. Like, yeah. Be careful. Same thing with parents. Be careful. Kids are so impressionable. Yeah.
0: God, I was just thinking when you were talking about this too, I, re- I remembered that I um would always do like the <laughs> the most uncool response possible to that sort of behavior, which was I could never get past it, but I also couldn't like complain about it to someone else. Like I... Was compelled to like corner someone and just be like a red faced crying mess and go, "Why do you hate me?" Oh my god, no, that's great though.
1: No, but that's great. You want at least they can see. Whatever, I don't need you. This is why. This is but that. But that's good because then you confront them with the fact that you have a feeling. When we bottle it up and we go, "I'm fine," and then they think you're fine and you know this is why we're now in like an epidemic of like teen suicide or teen depression because now we've got bloody texting and social media where you don't ever have to be confronted by the expression or the damage you don't you can call each other fat and ugly and a whore and say all these terrible things to each other and you don't even have to deal with their human reaction do you, you think, think that there will off. be
0: do you think that there will be uh or if there has been any sign of a sort of backlash to that, like do you think there will be any sort of behavioral like paradigm shift that results directly from that, the sort of like uh, impersonal quality of social media or do you just feel like this is the like, you know, there's good stuff and there's bad stuff and that's one of the bad things.
1: I'm hoping that all of the schools are listening to this podcast and they're gonna think about this and be like, we should teach this in the curriculum. Um, But I think it takes more of us with a platform Talking about this, yeah, this is really important because this forms the next generation and the generation after that. bullying is something that you know, and also it'll make us look at it look at ourselves now, yeah, you know, I just came from an audition where there were like fifteen people in it, and four of them were guys, and the rest were all girls, and you know we were all somewhat of a similar prototype. And just the instant Hunger Games vibe you get as soon as you walk in where it's just like, oh God, yeah. this doesn't feel, why?
0: Where does yeah. this come
1: from? Why is this so quick for you yeah. to just look at me, make an assumption and have kill in your eyes? Yeah. Um, it's very strange. But I think that we need to use our platform for many things and talk about women's obviously issues and you know poverty and immigration, but we should also definitely be spending more time talking about this. Not yeah. just scolding bullies, explaining to them right. why what you know what it is and what it, what happens from it. Yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to lecture.
0: No, 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 no. Listen, belief. I couldn't agree more. Um I, I do I do want to get into this mash game because I, I as much as I want you to just move yeah, in here, no I, I probably should let do, you go. Do it. Well here's what I'm gonna do. Number one, I'm gonna go with so this is this first category and you're just gonna give me three picks um from your uh, from your wonderful mind. Um and I think you'll catch on pretty quickly. Uh so the first category I want to ask you is three this is gonna be three sitcoms okay single camera otherwise uh that you can jump into and sort of just hang out with those characters like you're not a character on the show it's the those worlds are suddenly real and you can just chill out and like have those best friends and all of that
1: friends sex in the city and Frasier. great niles is my boy
0: I had a very good feeling that you would have easy answers for those. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Next one is uh, you – give me give me uh, vacation home locations. This is uh, – getting there is no uh, issue whatsoever. It's not a challenge. And um, I'm going to give you the option. It could either be real places or it could be like places from, you know, Lord of the Rings and, <laughs> you know, the planet Hoth, et cetera, if you want but Um, three
1: three places and they have to be easy to get to or no i mean like like,
0: yeah wherever they are in this universe they're easy to get to
1: tokyo um i've always wanted to go to bora bora great from that film couples retreat everything i know is from like lost in translation Bora Bora, (laughs) Uh, because i never leave my house so i have to think of films that i've seen about people who did leave the house Ah. um and where else where else where else i would like to go to um You know, Rome. I love Rome. I have actually been to Rome.
0: I have not, and I would like to. I've been to I've been to cities in Italy, but I never made it to Rome. I love Rome. Um, Great. Okay, give me uh, three. Okay, really, because you are because you have that same sort of pop culture obsession that I had growing up, and Mm -hmm. I could just do these categories forever and ever. Give me three fictitious. Sort of mentor types that come from film or books or TV. This is this this character is sort of a real person, and you can just call them and say like, "I just need some advice. How do you know? Tell me, tell me what you do in this situation." Robin
1: Williams in uh, Good Will Hunting, obviously. Um, uh, Who else do I want advice from? I mean, everyone wants advice from Meryl, but I don't know when because she always plays real weirdos. Doesn't (laughs) play like. Uh, I love. The yeah, one what I'm is gonna... a good Meryl give advice to? I don't know. Like, <laughs> she'd give you fashion advice question. and The Devil Wears Prada, but like, <laughs> uh, that's about all you would that's, want
0: her for. Yeah, that's it. Just how to be cutthroat um, in the business. Yeah,
1: I'd like advice. Weirdly, from yeah, you know, I always really liked Samantha from Sex and the City's attitude. Great, to life. um great. I thought she was very devil maker. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Who is the third one? Who is the third one? Um someone I loved right to someone who I thought had a really sage great advice a great character
0: all Uh, I can think now is what Meryl I'm obsessing over what Meryl Streep character I'm not going to say Gandhi
1: because I think Gandhi's an (laughs) Uh, (laughs) arsehole <laughs> if you read about it, you will find out. Gandhi uh, there was are an so many Public figures like that, though. Do you know That's the story about funny. him and his wife? And like, his wife was fourteen or something when they met and married. Oh, and uh, they got married, and then she got this random illness and got really, really sick. And um, and the doctors were like, "We need to treat her." And he was like, "No, no, we don't." Uh. I don't even know if he spelled like that. I think he did, um, <laughs> but at least a bit like that. But he was like, "You know, I am brown, and no, you can't tell from She's my brown. accent, but I'm from India uh, and Pakistan." Um, but you know, he was like, "No, no, 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 we don't do that in our religion." like we don't ever deal with Western medicine and she died Uh, and then two weeks later he got the same illness and he he was like yeah yeah no give me the medicine what terrible terrible asshole oh god
0: you know yeah well that's I think that's the and this is a whole other tangent that we don't have time to go off on but you know because of the, the social climate of right now which is fascinating and kind of really exciting on some levels but then this backlash that we've talked about we talked about when we were doing the show together of sort of like how do men in power respond to and tamp down the, all the kind of sexual um, uh, misconduct allegations that are flying around and stuff. But this whole idea of separating art or great deeds from the, because it's principally and primarily men that have, you know, made it through history mm-hmm. and survived in the history books and become these iconic people. And so many of them, like when you start to pick it apart, you're like so many of them come with a little asterisk and at the mm-hmm. asterisk and at the bottom, it's like, no, he did, he was unfaithful to his wife. He may or may not have murdered her, but yeah. listen, he was a wonderful painter. Yeah. And we all, oh. uh, you know, it's very, and so there's a, there are these kind of conversations happening right now. Um, you know that that people are writing about a little bit which is this sort of like can you separate the work from the humanity of and the and the personal acts of somebody who mm. you know is admired on some level and it's it's an
1: interesting question it's a very changing time yeah at the moment yeah um oh, what was the final thing uh, oh yeah wait, sorry Tina Fey you're, you're mean pers- girls
0: oh oh great 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 that yeah. good one That's absolutely fantastic.
1: I mean, it would just take too long for us to go into what is happening right now. As Yeah, I know. I know. It's like that could have been a whole other podcast. It really
0: could have been. Um, Okay. uh, Next category is three. uh, Let's do three foods, substances, anything like that, that um, in this reality, you can't have a lot of for one reason or another be it an allergy be it i'm watching my how much i eat be it i can't have it because it exists in a faraway place and so it's not accessible to me but in this universe you can have this whatever this thing is in perpetuity three with no ramifications and you can have them at the snap of a finger
1: french fries um any kind of gluten just all gluten just a bag of gluten Uh, pollutant makes me really sick and i I, oh god the smell of it just like challah bread specifically challah bread yeah god i've my mouth is just filled up with saliva just (laughs) saying that (laughs) um Uh,
0: i know i developed like really intense intense cravings for olive garden breadsticks with creamy alfredo sauce which is like not anything that doesn't align with anything else in my universe (laughs) but anymore but that's the high school kid in me that would just sit and eat those and feel better Um, it really stuck with me okay I've got challah bread I've got french fries and burger king great which is just crap but I (laughs) love it That's great. I appreciate that you're a Burger King person and not a McDonald's person because I was raised as as a Burger King uh, family. I'm not an animal. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We prefer royalty to a clown. I mean, those are your choices to a guy with a white headed, a a white head.
1: I had an ex-boyfriend move on from our relationship that even though I dumped him, I was really miffed about this. uh, He dumped me for Miss, not he didn't dump me. I dumped him. And then a month later, he started dating Miss Universe and she had a, a bloody crown And so I genuinely, on a day when I was obviously extensively YouTubing her, uh, just waiting for her to say something really dumb. um, I put on my little Burger King crown that I had (laughs) while like bitterly YouTubing this beautiful goddess of a woman.
0: So embarrassing. Oh, I can't, I can't imagine being Miss Universe. I can't imagine competing in a beauty competition. That feels like, speaking of like only being able to enter a room going like, I'm sorry, I'm here. I'm very sorry. I'm here. Yeah. Why are you? Why has this happened? What what weird nightmare am I in? Um, Okay, next category is three skills that you wake up with tomorrow, and you've sort of downloaded matrix style, so you're you become an expert at something that would normally take ten thousand hours plus of practice. I'd like to twerk.
1: I'd really like to. I just want to know how to do it. I can't. I have the ass that should be able to do it, but I just can't. I can't function like that. Twerking is important to me, and I don't know why. It's just Uh so sad. (laughs) Um, What would I like to do? I would like to. Obviously, I would like to fly. Everyone wants to fly, right, but I would like sure. to fly. Um, and what else would I like to do? Well, any kind of any kind of skill in the world. Mm-hmm. I'd like to pick up any language Great. immediately. Great. You know that film phenomenon with. Mm-hmm. the yeah. What's his face? John Travolta, yeah, where he learns yeah. Portuguese, where like he like can take a uh, like a car journey and like learn the whole
0: of a language. Phenomenon had a very impactful uh, influence on me in the sense that I became I'm I have I walked away from seeing that movie thinking many things, not the least of which was that Portuguese is the most difficult language to learn. Yeah. Cut to <laughs> many years later, quite recently, I was speaking to a person. Who was brazilian spoke port- portuguese is their first language and i was like and portuguese it's like the hardest language to learn and they were like what what are you talking about and i was like the hardest language to learn and they were like it's it's really not it's no. not that different from no. spanish <laughs> or italian i was like no where did you hear that uh i don't know i think it's um, uh I, Times, I might have been the uh, yeah i was reading yeah. Uh, uh yeah <laughs> uh embarrassing okay any language great next category three guys men people from a book from a, a film could be a character or could be the actor who played them could be from any period of time so it could be you know timothy dalton era the rocketeer i don't know where that came from i don't even know if i've seen that movie <laughs> uh but you know any t- any sort of any slice of time um okay. three this is like your alternate universe uh, I want sexy to shag, time I so, want yeah to... it's kind of up to you it's like it could be one of them you could choose because you would want him to be your alternate universe husband but if you got you know this other one it would really only be that you would want to have him as a sex toy etc
1: jim carrey in the truman show
0: great
1: um that movie uh so cool. who else uh, uh so hugh grant in four weddings and a funeral uh, absolutely uh and paul rudd in this is 40 okay uh,
0: Forty. great okay next category is three i want to do what are the other ones i want to do for you three um well, fuck, I'm just gonna do it. three movies that you can jump into and hang out with the characters and just be and be in the space all oh,
1: right, okay, um, trading places with Eddie Murphy, I'm so ready for that, so ready um, what else would I like to be in uh Dead Poet society Great those are my boys um and what other film what other film that I just love would want to watch all the time oh you know what this is so uncool of me but uh my best friend's wedding <laughs> i love julia i don't care if that's not cool
0: i don't know if it's not cool. i don't know if it's not cool I I, I, so I that's someone that. where you know i i sort of like as i've gotten older i think i've gotten better about looking back and seeing uh, uh, particularly with certain actors like oh i get like could you be more likable? Especially when I see the sort of counterpart that isn't. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Where I, you really go, like, oh, God, this is why this person is wildly successful. Yeah, and part also, of it is their imperfections and part of it is that sort of goofy lack of dignity on some level that you know that sort of vulnerability that like radiates out versus totally. somebody who just sort of isn't open in that way or isn't self-effacing in that way
1: I practice a total a, an attempt at a total lack of pretentiousness about these sort of things like I like trash I am a trashy person I, I'm basically just made out of trash if trash mm-hmm. had a wig on,
0: mm-hmm. that would <laughs> be okay.
1: All right, I'm just trash with a wig yeah. on, uh, and so it's who I am. And I, I like talking about these things, and I don't care.
0: This is this is good because I've come up with an all new category just in the spur of the moment, based on everything trash you've just with a wig said, on, okay. which is <laughs> take away the wig. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is the new category: dumpster diving. Three dumpsters full of one thing but in multitudes that you would be most excited to happen upon. Like, oh my God, a totally full dumpster of blank. Three.
1: Okay, people's leftovers. I fucking love people's leftovers. Strangers' leftovers. I will reach over to other tables.
0: (laughs) Uh, I love leftovers. Great.
1: Um, Also love food off the floor. Um, But, okay, so that's food. Uh, Old, private saucy photos great, great 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 um and what else what else what else drafts rough drafts of letters of important letters
0: Ah wonderful god i love this new category <laughs> you've made an indelible impression like a lasting legacy <laughs> in this mash game this is my new favorite category this is very exciting okay so this is the part where i figure out which of these you end up with per mm-hmm. per, per category so uh just i'm going to quickly do something like don't you know give it a couple of you're seconds you're
1: to do some light maths.
0: i gotta do some light math but first before i even oh i'm sorry british i need you some light maths Before I do that, I just need to, like, do this little squiggle. So give it, like, you know, three beats-ish, and then tell me to stop. Okay. Stop. Great. I'm going to pause this for my maths. Okay. When I come back, I'm going to give you your 100% guaranteed MASH future. Okay, great. (laughs) Okay, There's things that I personally uh, was sad to see go. A couple of heart pangs. Uh, One of them was that you didn't end up with Burger King. But you did end up with French fries. Okay, which fine. No, no, that's fine. Is, that's in the same category. Yeah, yeah, no, um, so I'm very pleased that you have this uh, unlimited access to French fries. My with blood zero type is French fries. Your blood tri- you are at the point now where <laughs> okay. your blood type is French fries. Uh, I want to congratulate you on your mansion. Not apartment, <gasps> shack, or house, but mansion. The right. very best. Okay. Your mansion in Tokyo. Which is one of the most expensive oh, sure. places to be. Okay. So you've done very well for yourself. Thank you. Uh, I don't know if um, part of that is that you are one of the world's best twerkers. Oh, no. But uh, perhaps you've been raking in millions twerking. Oh, my God. Maybe I have a YouTube do channel. you have like a, that.
1: Yeah. A YouTube tutorial as yeah. to how to be as good at twerking as me. Yeah. Oh, you're amazing God. thank
0: you <laughs> uh i want to congratulate you on your ability to step into either the world of friends <gasps> yes. or my best friend's wedding okay good. you got both of those I'm very pleased for okay, you Okay, good rupert everett was so darling in that oh good yeah doll. so great uh he looks a little different now like there's there's something that i feel he's either had surgery it's none of my business 100% but he looks different yeah he just doesn't have the expressions anymore it's like we when you like, ex- see a, yeah. a beautiful the dame actress where you're like but now you can't move like I don't care if you have work done but just let me see you still be able to like make faces it's, it always
1: looks like someone standing in front of a very strong fan all yeah. the time um okay maybe so, that's all look he asked for okay you know my boyfriend actually says about me uh he said this the other day uh which is sad and true um that um he's like you know you talk about uh you bring up the friends characters several times a day <laughs> uh as if they are your friends as if their anecdotes are anecdotes anecdotes that yeah. you were there for and the thing is is that they were my friends growing up I get it that was it they were my only friends so I, I talk totally about things it. very colloquially and I'm like oh my yeah. god this is like the time that Chandler uh-huh. did this and I do this several times a day oh uh, I get it every day I really day. get it it's so impressive
0: I, I got to work with that monkey um and I was like so wowed that i was working with that's the coolest thing i've ever heard the weeper Weeper capuchin monkey uh, who's a girl whose name is crystal um she was very cute she just started cleaning under my nails she was like grabbed my fingers and was like cleaning under my nails sure she was grooming me uh listen, I wanna I don't I don't want to get derailed here because we still have some good news left. Sorry, okay. Um no, that's on me. Uh and also it doesn't matter. Um I want to congratulate you for your uh your close friendship with Robin Williams character from Goodwill Hunting. <gasps> yes! That's really Fuck the best yes. one. I'm oh, so God, excited like that you got really that. Happening. I know. See, this is why I end with it, because you walk out feeling like elated. And uh you also <laughs> You've also stumbled on a dumpster full of other people's leftovers. Mm-hmm. Great. So, Heaven. Dive in. Yeah. Uh, and you're going to be enjoying that with um, Jim Carrey's character from The Truman Show, yes. which I was also very happy with. That was my, would have been my number one choice for you. Um, I think that's everything. I think I got it all. Yep. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. God, so that's I love your, my uh, fake life. That's your beautiful fake future. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. I've been looking forward to this uh, since we met. And um, where can people find you? What would you like people to know about, if anything? Oh, uh,
1: people can find me on a show on NBC called The Good Place. I guess uh, If you don't want to see me on it, it, that's fair. But Ted Danson and Kristen Bell are on it. And you can watch it for them and just sort of ignore me. <laughs> um, and uh, and then I'm on Twitter at Jamila Jamil. And... I am on Instagram at Jamila Jamil official and I'm embarrassing, I'm overly unguarded. Uh it's a it's a sad affair my Instagram, but if you want to come and meet me there by all means, go ahead.
0: You met you we met because you came in and did a special thrilling adventure hour show that we were doing and you walked in and you could not, I mean Ben really knew what he was doing because he walked into that dressing room and we were all like, oh, you've been here a million years. Like you uh, couldn't have been more in a room full of women that are just like that. So it was it was sort of instantly like, yep, she's one of us. We're good. This is great. You could not have. She's, made in, me she's sure joined the ranks more
1: yeah. uh, welcome or been less of a stereotype of what actresses are.
0: <laughs> and we're all really different, too. That's one of the things I love about it is that that we're all like very like we're very individualistic none of us are like each other but there's Mm. there's something there's a thread running through that feels like a real sisterhood which is kind of great um okay great uh guys i will talk to you next time on the podcast as always the jv club theme song is back before we were brittle by the amazing say hi